Well, well, well. It is my son-in-law. I love him. Matter of fact, we kind of double team on my wife, so it's kind of fun sometimes. We have a, uh, a room down in our basement that is like a pantry, you know. We call it the apocalypse room. And so she puts all the new stuff that we get, you know, extras and everything down there. She told Justin, she said, that room's for you because when the rapture happens, you're going to need that food because you ain't going. <laughs> He's just like, thanks, Mom. <clears throat> but so good, man. Uh, I don't know about you, but before long, Popcorn Festival is going to be here, and uh, we like walking around there and enjoying all the fat-free food that is there. <laughs> But um, I wanted to start out today by just making you chuckle a little bit. Justin's already helped me with that. But there's a gentleman, we'll just call him John. And John uh, was uh, escorted up to heaven, and he's right at the gate, and St. Peter's there. And he says, John, it's, it's great to see you. And he said, hey, before you get in here, tell us an experience that, you know, could maybe we could put on the testify uh, the testimony testify wall or whatever just going to be awesome that we could you know contribute that you know this is what you did for Jesus you know John says well there was a time he said I was on the way to South Dakota and he said and I stopped and I saw this biker gang kind of roughhousing this elderly woman and St. Peter said that's terrible he said yeah and I went over there and I told him you guys stop it and leave her alone or you're going to deal with me he said, they didn't listen to me. He said, so I went to the biggest, the most tattooed, the strongest, the ugliest. Not that you look ugly or big if you have a bike, so that's not what I'm saying. Anyway, he went to the, he said, and I told him, you better stop it. He said, and I pushed him, I punched him, I ripped out his nose ring, and I knocked his bike over. St. Peter said, impressive. Man, when did that happen? He said, about two minutes ago. <laughs> That means the guy. All right. Let's say hi to our online crowd. Yeah. Amen. Good to have you join us today. We've been talking. We talked about fear last week. We're going to talk about it today. Depending on how today goes, we'll either continue it next week or we may finish at least with this. We'll see how the Lord does it. So uh, I want us to, to just concentrate a little bit. Maybe just, you know, Bob Evans will still be there when the service is over. Yeah, I mean, all those restaurants will still serve you. So just right now, for these moments, let's, let's think about what the Lord is telling us. Have you ever heard the phrase, who dares wins? We live in a society now where sometimes there are people that take dares and there's other people that don't, you know, um, and just play it safe. But this was an, an, a motto. It was a, admired um, by the British Special Air Service, the, the B or the SAS, I guess, and, they were, and the military of the U.S. took it on themselves and said, we like that. And it was a motivational thing, just who dares wins. Basically, it's saying you got to defy fear. You have to defy fear. It's a call to do that in terrifying odds. Now, I don't know where God takes you. I mean, uh, for me, there's things that I walk through and live through. And so when I'm up here speaking, I'm talking to myself. But for me, my favorite movie series of all time is Rocky. That's, you know, I have that on my, actually on my license plate of my car, but it, 
it inspires me. And so sometimes when I need some inspiration or I just need some, I'll, I'll start watching Rocky. And I have it down to where I know where all the training montages are, you know, and the music and all of the stuff. And if not careful, Pastor Kim could say, hey, honey, and I'll be like, absolutely, you know, yo. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, watching that and understanding that he was an underdog and, you know, and just the odds were crazy. One of the reasons I like that. But it's a call to defy stuff that is staring at you in the face. To rise boldly above what your mind tells you to think, feel, or do. The Bible talks about who dares to believe God. Who would take God at his word? Who would say, God, you know what? If you said it, that's all I need. Who would believe the Lord on just what he says? Back in the day, I remember when a handshake was just as good as anything else. Somebody would shake your hand and said, I'll be there. I'll do that. You knew it was true. They would do that if at all possible. Who would dare to believe the Bible? The stats are almost not fun to look at today in churches across America. I'm not going to quote them, but just that for somebody to stand up and say, if this is what God said, I'm going to believe what he said. I'm not going to try to translate it into what I want it to be. I get it, different versions so that we can understand it, but we need to keep the meaning, not change the meaning. But if we dare to believe God and I don't think I'm the only one in the room, then we are called faith people. That's what it is. To believe something that you can't see, that it doesn't feel like something's going to happen, but to believe that it's already happened. To stand when nobody will stand with you. Remember that saying, the cheese stands alone? Anybody feel like cheese in here at time? Or two in your life? Face persecution. Did you know we live in a society that people are really begging for someone to stand up and say, that is wrong. But they don't want to be the one to do it. Because then they have to face the persecution. And if they're not truly grounded to believe what God said... Take God at his word. You know, if we could take God at his word and we did that, we win. God never loses. To dare means to have the courage to confront something boldly without questioning yourself, being double-minded. James says if we're double-minded, we get nothing. But to be able to say, God, if you said it, okay. Now, I'm... 61 years old, and there's a lot of epic movies that I grew up watching. I don't know. Anybody remember Indiana Jones? Okay. There was a scene in, I don't know which one. I think it was the first one. But he comes to a ledge. I used it in an illustration one time. And he was told he has to, but there's nothing there. He's supposed to, by faith, take a leap of faith. You remember that? And he's just like, closes his eyes like, okay. And he does it, and he doesn't fall. And he grabs some dirt, and he throws it out there, and he can kind of see the ledge. 
Now, I get that's a movie, but the principle, sometimes you're going to have to take a step and dare to trust God. Fear can look at you in the face, but you better understand God is bigger than fear. We go through the scenario of what ifs. We talked about that last week. What if I'm wrong? What if this happens? What if that happens? But at TLC, as the pastor or one of the pastors here, we are declaring war on fear. I'm asking you to join us. We live in a society now where media just pushes fear. Do you dare to talk to fear? Because fear talks back. But not with your words. With the word of God. The Bible says that God's word doesn't come back void. It says that it goes and accomplishes what it says it's going to do. My words don't always do that. But if I'm saying his words. Now I'm behind something. And people tell me this. And I, I just love my wife because she is she's. Seems like constantly in the word or listening to something. She has a garden, and she is out in her garden, and the garden is just, we've got pumpkins that have taken over. But she's out in the garden, and she's listening to things, and, and she told me this. And I don't know if this ministers to you, but it sure ministered to me. Have you ever had something, and there's truth in this, so I want you to pay attention with what I'm telling you. When you're praying for someone, you want them to see the light or see the Lord or change. Don't we all like that? The last person we want to change is us. We want everybody else to change around us. And I get it. But really, there are some things that you know we need an intervention. Come on. We need God to do something. We need, because we've done everything we can do. People come for counsel, and there are some truth here. Now, listen. Well, can we do that? Can we? Because everybody has their own free will. So I can't make somebody. You know, I could make my kids when they're growing up. You will go to church. You will go to church. I don't want to go to church. Really don't care. You will go to church. When my mom and dad got saved, we went to church. I didn't want to go to church. My mom threatened me, if you don't get out of the bed, you're going to church in those mom these are my pajamas i know what they are and i will take you in your pajamas i first thought nah she won't you don't know my mom <laughs> yeah she would and if i didn't do that she'd sick dad on me and he'd just say get in the car and i would have ended up in church in some stylish horsey pajamas or superman something so it got me thinking and my wife was talking we were talking and she said you know because people will ask can we how do we pray when we want something to change we want to see god just do something because all we see is the same thing anybody ever have that experience i cannot change their will because they have a free will that's why everybody has to come to christ there, but with their own self in other words, they have to make that decision in them. I can't make that for them. They must choose whom this day they will serve. Come on, somebody. They have to willingly choose Jesus. But what I can pray is something that Jesus exampled. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God, let your kingdom be real in their life. God, let your will come into their life. You see, God could put his will and start to say, let them see things that they cannot see for me. But God could orchestrate things. God could put scales and take them from their eyes. There could be things that would happen that God could bring them back to where he needed them to be. And I had to think about that. I'm like, the reason I'm telling you this is because when I deal with myself, I deal with natural fear. Because I can't change things. I don't know how to make it different. But when I deal with the kingdom, when I deal with the God in me and say, God, I cast this care on you. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. God, you have your way in their life. And I begin to bind and loose what I have authority to do. Something supernaturally starts to happen. I'm going to show you quickly five ways that you can stand. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, stand against fear. Our first thought, you got to stand up. you got to be willing to get into fear's face. you got to be willing to get into fear's face. Stand up. Bullies don't like it when you stand up to them. Many times, the bully is as only good as his threat because nobody will stand up, and he doesn't have to back it up. Usually he has an entourage of people beside him or with him that make it even scarier. Did you know the enemy just uses scare tactics like that? You've all heard my story about the kid that stole my bike when I was in the fifth grade, and I stood up to him, and nobody stood up to him at school. Everybody was afraid. He could come and sit down, grab your lunch, and eat it right in front of you, and you dare not say anything because him and his toadies would come and take you after school. And in that one instance, I don't know what came over me, but I, he said, who's going to stop me? And I said, me. And I thought for sure, and I told you the story, so I'm just pushing it in closer. I thought, the coach of the football team, and there's no way we're on school property. There's no way he will let us fight. So I felt a little stronger. And the coach said, you heard it. This fight is between Brett and Eddie. <laughs> That's not right, coach. <clears throat> but <clears throat> I beat him up. Not advocating fighting. <laughs> but there was honor at stake. But from the rest of the school year, I was totally treated different. His toadies never bothered me. Matter of fact, if anybody came up and he thought they were giving me a hard time, he'd say, you want me to take, them? You want me to take care of them? Eddie, just calm down. Uh, it's, everything's okay. All of a sudden, things had changed. You know, the enemy wants to get you afraid because he doesn't want you to know who you've got and whose you are. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. You know, the special forces units, the, some of the biggest, the best, the baddest soldiers in the world, they're trained to take fear head on. What would stop others, they don't even give it a second thought. You know why? Because they know fear will handicap their success. Not just soldiers, but they know 
fear is not going to help them win. Now, other people will take those kind of things and maybe twist and turn it and use it in, in a good way to help motivate them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, we might be afraid. The truth is we might, but we might give it to God and say, all right, God, I'm going to do this afraid. I'm not saying that. I'm saying yes to that. I'm just saying no to fear to do nothing. Because you know what happens when we get afraid? We make poor decisions. Most of the time we lose because we panic. We act before we think. We rush. And we're not patient. We're not focused. We're not grounded on the word. We don't let God fight for us or with us. We try to do it all on our own. Jesus died to give you power to take care of fear. All fear and oppression. He died for that. He didn't put up with the works of the devil. Jesus didn't entertain it. He took care of it right away. I think we need to take a lesson from that because this is what happens. And I know in my own life, and maybe I'm talking to somebody, you deserve what you tolerate. If you want to put up with it, then you'll survive with it. But if you want to stop it and it's from the enemy, don't tolerate it. Have you ever gotten mad at the devil? Have you ever told the devil where to go? It's fun to be able to tell him where to go. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil in my mic. But he's bringing it back. <laughs> 1 John 3, 8 says, but when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who's been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. If it goes out, I'm just going to talk loud, so it's okay. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. What I'm telling you is I'm not going to stop the service. Okay, so just so that you know. God's children are human beings. This is in Hebrews, made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. He destroyed the power of sin and death, delivered us, because he was Jesus. He had to come as a human. If you're held captive and trapped by fear, Jesus died for that. He died to be able to set you free. You know, when those special force people, they get ready, how many knows the battle is in your mind? So many times, now I'm not saying you don't need to have physical ability, but the battle so many times is in your head. But they won't even give fear a foothold. In other words, they don't tolerate anything that's going to say anything else besides winning, success in their mission. They laugh at fear because they won't allow it to entertain them. They see themselves successfully accomplishing the goal or the mission. In other words, they're mentally picturing this being already finished and they're winning. They guard what they say, what comes out of their mouth about the mission or about themselves. You've heard this before because that's how we win with the word. We watch what we say. We watch what comes out of our mouth. We picture what God has said. We put ourselves in that scenario. 
I believe God has called us to destroy the works of the devil according to the scripture because we are with Jesus and that's why he came. We are called to get into fear's face. We are called to get in the enemy's face and say, no, you can stop right here. Refuse to allow the enemy to have the last word. I don't want to give him any word. I don't want him to speak at all. I remember one time I was so afraid. We had just really kind of gotten into ministry. I mean, I'd been on staff, but we were just into ministry. And I can't even remember the situation, but I remember going to bed and I was, I was just so afraid. And I, I really don't have all the reasons why I was so afraid. I, I don't remember now, except the enemy, there was a, and I'm just, I'm not trying to freak you out, but just, just listen to my story, okay? You can go, I don't believe that. It's okay. I, I lived it, so I'm just telling you the story. There was something standing at the foot of the bed. All I could see was this black image kind of shaped like a man, and it spoke. Now, I was awake because I did the pinch test. I'm like, yep, I feel that. And this is what he said. He said, I will kill you. And I remember wanting to say something profound from the word of God. And I couldn't get it out because I was scared. And I was trying to say something, and I was going, I wanted to say Jesus. Have you ever been scared in a dream and wanted to say something and you can't spit it out? I wasn't dreaming, and I couldn't spit it out. I was going, no, 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 no. I can't get it out. And then I finally did my best to get it out. And as soon as I did, God came into place. And he said, this is what I heard. And I heard it audibly. He said, I am here. And as soon as that happened, that thing like a little swirl went and just was gone. Gone. And total peace filled that room. You can say, I don't even get it. I'm not telling you you have to get it. I'm just telling you that there's something greater than the enemy can conjure up, and it's Jesus Christ. It is God in you, and he never leaves you or forsakes you. He is with you always. All you need to do is call on his name. And you know what? I even believe if I couldn't have called on his name, he's still been there. Because if I would have seen my son in trouble, whether he could say my name or not, I'm there. We have a bigger source. We have the source. We have the best source, and we have the only real source. We have God, and you can't outdo God. So if I have to face something and fear is trying to get on me, then God is with me. And guess what? Fear is going to deal with that. There's a huge difference between stopping fear in its tracks or just putting up with it and living with it. Just trying to make it through, but just dealing with it. You can get out in Jesus' name. You and me as believers in Jesus shouldn't be accepting fear in our life. We shouldn't be afraid to stand up 
we just need to be understanding, and I'm going to get to it here in a second. We need to understand what love is really about. Get ready. Practice. See yourself getting in fear's face. Whatever you're facing, what's the giant look like to you? See yourself resisting. See yourself winning. Speak only the truth. Speak the word of God. The devil never can win against the word of God. Thought number two, we not only stand up, we have to stand out. You have counterintelligence that can outsmart the enemy. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have God's spirit in you that can tell you exactly where the enemy is, can tell you what to do, what to use, what to have. He can tell you all the plans. 2 Corinthians 2.11, Satan will not outsmart us. We are familiar with his evil schemes. So the enemy's planning. You've got to know, he, he wants to stop you. He wants to stop the plans that God has for you. He wants to destroy it. So if you want to win, you've got to use the Spirit of God. You've got to start asking God, what do I do? What should I do? God might tell you to do things that just don't make any sense in the natural mind. Can you imagine? Let's look at the Bible. If we look at stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Don't bother him now. The girl is dead. Jesus says, she's not dead. She's just asleep. The Bible says they mocked him. They laughed at it. And he put them all out. Maybe you need to put some people out. We need this water to be sweet. Let's throw this stick in there. Boy, that makes sense. And the water becomes sweet. I need to see. Let's make some mud pies. We'll smear them on your eyes. That should help. My hand has got leprosy. Well, stretch it out here. Let's see if we can clean that up. All these things that are in the natural should not happen. But God says, you have me as a source. I can put things where the enemy will never find them. I can put a coin in the fish's mouth. He's not going to find it. You need to know good news because the information you need has already been saved for you. God is waiting to share it. Here's the summary. Your enemy's planning to steal, kill, and destroy. That's John 10.10. And he's going to use fear in every form of it to cross your borders and gain access. If he can get you afraid, if he can get you to slow down, he can get you to stall, he can get you to stop, he's going to do it. Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Proverbs 29, 25. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. Trusting the Lord means safety. Here's the third one he was going to... Fear can be defeated, but you got to use a weapon that God has. Some kind of a missile, an anti-fear missile. Something from God. 1 John 4, 18. Here it comes. Such love has no fear. Perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid for fear of punishment, it shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. The anti-fear weapon, the missile, is love. you got a world that's looking for it. They try to find it in everything else. 1 Corinthians 13, 8, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. Love will last forever. If you want to win against fear, God, show me 
where I need to love better. Maybe it's the Lord. Maybe it's the relationship. Maybe it's wherever the fear is coming from. Show me what I can do to shoot that missile there. I've responded a lot in my life not lovingly. You? I've shot my mouth off. Times I should have just shut my mouth up. Kind of made my own bed and had to lie in it. But the Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Psalm 91, protection comes from dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. The secret place, you know how you get there? It's his love. But I have not really so many times embraced God's love. I always felt it was, I had to earn it. I had to do something right to get God's love. You know, there's people that, hey, how do I earn heaven? I did more good things than bad. That's not how you get there. It's not about that. It's, It's about God so loved the world that he gave. God can't love you any more than he loves you right now. God is never going to not love you. You can't do anything to make God not love you. He is amazing. I want to dwell in the secret place. Not just visit. See, there's a big difference. Think about Adam. Could you imagine? I, I, my mind just goes back to the stories. Could you imagine Ad, Adam? He, he walked with God in the cool of the day. Would that be not cool? That would be so cool. Walking with Adam and, and God, you know, Adam said, hey, God, love those bananas. Those are great. God says, check that out. You're going to love peanut butter. I mean, could you imagine just walking with God? He did this. He did that. I mean, just be like, that is amazing. Love him with all your, your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And love the neighbor as yourself. You see, this is what we don't learn just living in the world. We have to learn it from God. How do you love? You see what we do in the world? We judge ourselves by our intention. We judge everybody else by what they did. Well, I meant to do good, so I'm okay. Isn't that true? What if we would just let God do all the judging? Let the word be the plumb line of truth. You see, when I'm up here speaking, people will say, well, you know, you have to be politically correct. I'm just going to speak the word. You can decide if you think it's politically If God said it, that's what I believe. Yep. (laughs) That was probably one of those angels. That's right. I told Arrow the other day, we were out, and I told Arrow, I said, Arrow, say hallelujah. So he, hallelujah. I said, say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, he calls him cheese. Thank you, cheese. Everybody loves good cheese. I want to win the war on fear, so I need to study more love. In other words, rather than tell everybody what they're doing wrong, love doesn't mean you condone everything they're doing. I just have to love you. 
What you're doing, if it goes against the word, I don't answer for that. You do. Does that make sense? But you know what? We have people, they were like, they, they've considered an alternate lifestyle. Does that go with the word? No, it doesn't go with the word. Is it wrong? The word says it is, so I say it's wrong. Are they welcome? Absolutely welcome. Because I love them. It limits them in a, in a leading capacity because I won't condone or do anything like that, but I love them. So they're welcome here. Speak love. Refuse to be offended. Love never fails. Thirdly, stand against. You can attack him three ways. Joshua 1.8, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, and you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Now, Joshua, if you remember, took over after Moses left and took the people into the promised land. He came after Moses. He spent decades of his life in battle. Section by section, he took land, piece by piece. So how do we do it? Don't stop being in the word. Speak it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Speak the word. Meditate on the word. I have people tell me all the time, Brent, I do not know how to meditate. My mind goes, do you know how to worry? I do. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Because that's what you're doing. If you're worried about something, you're constantly meditating on the what-ifs. you got to switch that. Meditate on what the Word says and believe that truth. And then the third thing is just do it. Be obedient. Do everything written in it. What does the Bible say? I'm going to do this. What am I trying to tell you? God's presence with Joshua wasn't enough unless Joshua bought in. Does that make sense? You have a part to play. Faith without works is dead. Do you know what zero is in heaven? Zero. Same as it is here on earth. Do you want, God says he'll bless the work of your hands. What are you believing for? What, do you, what are the desires of your heart? What are you willing to invest in the kingdom? In other words, I'm not saying you have to do to get. That's not what I'm talking about. There's principle there, but that's not the, that's not the focus. You know, when we give, I don't tithe just to get. Does that make sense? I, it's not my money. His word says to tithe, so I do. The blessing is just one of the byproducts of that. So thank you, but... If I didn't have the blessing, I still do it because it's not mine. Come on. But he takes care of me. But we have a part to play. Joshua had to do all three of those things. He got instruction, and then he could win over fear. Do you, do you think the enemy is going to roll over and just give you land? I'm not going to go on to any more past this one today, so just so you know. So what did God say meditate on? The love of God. The word. 
Because love casts out all fear. When I focus on the word, fear disappears. I can't see it, smell it. It just goes away. But it has to take action on my part. I have to stand up. I have to stand out. I have to stand against. I have to use what God has given me. You know, I'm a father. I'm a grandfather now. I'm an uncle. I'm a brother. I'm a friend. I'm a pastor. But there are things, you know, that I told that joke in the beginning, but most of us, if we saw somebody in, in need or whatever, we would be like, we got to help them. But there have been times I've had the enemy rise up in my face, not him physically, but maybe using somebody or something. And I mean, they are cursing, blowing my hair back when I had more. It was darker. And my son was standing there. My son was, I don't know, six. My youngest at the time or something like that. And they were, I mean, this guy was going to, he was telling me all kinds of things that he was going to do or whatever. And I just took my son and just moved him behind me. And he knew, and I didn't tell him, but he's just like, "Uh uh-oh. I never had to do anything. The Lord came over inside my spirit, and I began to, now listen to what I'm telling you. Speak love. Now, love has different sounds. Love isn't like, oh, I love you. You're so good. I was this. Now, listen to me. I, I think you'll catch this. and This helps me. Love was like, I don't want this to go where it's going to go, where it wants to go. I want you to know that I respect you. I want you to know that I have no plans to fight. And the Bible says that a soft answer turns away wrath. And it says if we don't add wood to the fire, the fire goes out. Now inside, I'm still thinking, whoo, this guy, he could be doing, but he doesn't. Now he doesn't go, I'm so sorry. He doesn't do anything like that. He just goes, that's right. You better remember what I said. Yes, sir, I will remember what you said. Don't say anything smart because my mouth wants to get me in trouble. And he ended up walking away. No punches were thrown. It was so easy. It would have been so easy because I know how to take somebody. I could have, could have made that happen. But the Lord overtook that. Now, here's, here's what I'm trying to get to yet. That only happens when you yield to the Lord. There are voices you hear all the time. I hear them, you hear them, because the enemy's always trying. I just shared this illustration the other day. You'll hear who you're used to. In other words, if I put my kids in here and I, we put up a shield 
and nobody could. We put all the mothers on the other room, on the other side. And we, I said, I just want you to, to yell out not their names, but I want you to say something and tell everybody they're saying the same thing, all the mothers. Nobody, none of the kids can hear. But my kids, without a doubt, could pick out my wife's voice. And here's why. They spent time with her. They heard her over and over. She spoke to them every day. She scratched their backs at night. She told them scripture. She told it to them every day. Now, they could hear my voice too, but my point is this. They heard the other voices, but they honed in on the one they knew to be true. I challenge you. I dare you. I double dog dare you. I'm going to do a breach of etiquette. I triple dog dare you. Listen to what you're listening to. Who's speaking the loudest? Because when it comes right down to it, you're going to yield to one or the other. Because when this is all said and done, you don't have a middle choice. People are like, I, I'm not going to pick Jesus. I'm not going to pick the devil. You just pick the devil by not choosing Jesus. And I didn't make that up. You've already chosen, so you have to change that. So God, how do I operate in this world in a way that I don't have to walk afraid? Right now, I've given you three. We're going to give you two more next week. We may even add another one with it. Who knows? Fear doesn't go away on its own. The enemy will not give up. You have to make him surrender. Do you understand what I'm telling you? There's going to be a fight. Goliath wasn't going away. Goliath was big. David's God was bigger. David declared it. The Bible says that David ran toward Goliath. I think that threw Goliath off. Now I'm going to share this and then we're going to pray. Have you ever had... Even as kids played a game, and if somebody is coming at you and you have to do something, it's harder because you get nervous to, to get it done if you had to throw something or do something or whatever. I think Goliath was totally thrown by David coming at him. I think the enemy would totally be thrown by you taking charge of your life and saying, I will not be afraid anymore. I will stand up. I will stand out and I will stand against. I will do what God has called me to do. I will be who God wants me to be for my family. I will show my children who God is. Now your kids may go, you know, I, I get it, life gives you whatever, but I'm telling you, the Bible says they'll remember, they'll remember, they'll remember what you've taught them when they were young. And they will not let that go. They can try to let it go, but it is so ingrained in there, it's not going anywhere, baby. Sooner or later, that stuff's going to get uncovered, and they're going to say, they were telling me this all along, and God will bring revelation to them. And you pray not your will, because you know your will, they'd never be going through anything. You pray God's will, because there's nothing better than God's will. God says that he loves you so much that he gave his son for you. 
Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, as we fight this war on fear, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. We set our faith in agreement, God, that fear is not from you. We bind fear in Jesus' name. Lord, whatever that giant is in front of them, whatever they're afraid of, in the name of Jesus, I command it to go. And Lord, I loose your peace, your love in their life because your perfect love casts out all fear. So God, help us to love you more. Help us to understand where we're not leaning enough. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're saying, Brett, those that are online, you're saying the same thing. I need to give my heart to Jesus. I'm tired of being afraid of tomorrow. If that's you, I won't embarrass you. I want you to put your hand up. You can put it up in here. You can put it up online. God will see that. Yes. Anyone else? Say this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me for doing things that aren't right. Help me. Be with me. I receive you. I walk with you. I will not fear, for you are with me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. If you raised your hand today, said that prayer, and you believe that prayer, you're born again. And does that mean it's just magic? No, that means now you're going to put your hand to it. You're going to talk to, you're going to, talk to fear. And I mean, not like a conversation of, hey, let's talk, let's chat. But like fear, go away. I will not be afraid in Jesus' name. And you begin to think of the things that God wants you to do. Start to dream on those. You know how good he is? We're going to have the ushers come forward in just a second, but i got to share this story. I was just saying to the Lord the other day, and this is true, I was like, Lord, this is part of my dream. I desire this. You know, Pastor Kim and I, our hearts are that we want to see you succeed. And here's some things, you know, just the desires that I want to see in my family and things that happen and what I'm believing for. And I was just like, God, I know you hear me. And I mean, I no sooner said that and I got a text message from uh, Dr. Tom. Remember Dr. Tom Anderson that was here? We had him here. Is out in, I want to say, it was, is it Texas, honey, is where he's at? I can't remember. Arizona, Arizona. He's out in Arizona. He sent me this and he said, Brett, God put this on my heart and I wanted to share it with you. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. I was like, ba-bing! Man, I mean, like as a God, that's perfect timing. You ever just been down and you turn on the radio? Maybe it's K-Love or, or 104.9 or The River or something, and they're playing a song and it just ministers to you? I think God does that. You might say, well, that's kind of crazy. You can call it what you want. But sometimes we just need a little something. And God just supplies it. Amen? Ushers, you come forward. And we're going to give to the Lord. Now, those that are watching online and those that are in here, let me just tell you, you know, we're, if we haven't done with it or got rid of it yet, we're not going to really, at this point, we're going to figure this out, but our uh, uh, apps, uh, we've had some issue. We can't get them to work right, and we've had issue with uh, the company that's putting them on of, of what is going on and not. Let me just say, I mean, it is cool to have an app, but if you go to truelifemarion.com, you can do everything the app does everything there's nothing new on the app uh that, that that you can't do on the website so just go to the website if you're watching us on facebook every week facebook shuts me off 
every week because something I say is too controversial or something. I don't know. Or any songs that we sing that Mal and the team sings, they're like, mm, no, and they block us and mute us. And we have license to do all of that. And then we have to dispute it. And you know what? Just go to truelifemarion.com. You don't have to worry about any of that because that's our website. We run it live. They can't shut us down. Just a little knowledge will help you there, okay? Because some people get all upset, and I get it. Just go to truelifemarion.com. You don't have to worry about it. Um, so, all good. Are you, you still love me? Good. Because you've got to put up with me anyway. Let's pray over this offering and believe it changes kingdoms. Father, in the name of Jesus, we willingly, by our will, put it into your will. And we give to you, God, because it's just wonderful to give into good ground, good soil. Father, you now have legal jurisdiction to move on our behalf. Thank you for moving on our finances, blessing the work of our hands. We give you the praise. Thank you for providing for everything that we need, seeking first your kingdom. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Let the ushers minister to you and you just be obedient to the Lord. Hallelujah. Try to come out to those uh, different things, men's breakfast. And remember the second Monday of September. Uh, Sonic at 7 o'clock. We're having a meeting for youth. Anybody in, interested in youth, parents included. We always include parents. Come, we're just going to brainstorm, see what 180 wants to do, how we can do it, and uh, all of those things. So that is that Monday, second Monday. I, I think last week I announced the first one, but that's Labor Day. So we're going to do the second week. We got another testimony coming up. As well uh, in September, we got one coming in October, November, December. So you can hear real life testimonies from real life people that God has really changed. And they're going to give that testimony, and we're excited about that. They'll be live up here, and we'll do that like we did last time. And those things are ministering to people. Well, we love you. God bless you. You're dismissed. We will.